Welcome to Chasing Three Hours, a podcast about what runners are chasing, why they keep pushing themselves, and what keeps them curious. I'm Josh Peterson. Today's interview is with Seth Merrick, a marathoner and cyclist that is finishing up an incredible 2023. We discuss the balance between running and cycling, how he has dived into the science of nutrition both leading up to and during a race, training for two A races during this past summer, and a whole lot more. Enjoy today's interview with Seth Merrick. Seth Merrick, welcome to Chasing Three Hours. How's it going? Glad to be here. I am doing great. Thanks for stopping by. I begin the podcast by asking how the most recent run of the guest went. I believe yours was yesterday. How was your most recent run? Uh, it went good before work, 80 degrees on, on a <laughs> so weird. end of October. Yeah, pretty nice. You can't beat that. What kind of run did you have? Just an easy, real chill went out. Just enjoyed enjoyed the morning for sure. Good, good. Um. You were a cross country runner in high school, if I if I know your history a little bit. Uh, what what kind of runner were you when you were growing up? Uh, I did. I only did like a couple years of cross country, and to be if we're being honest, I wasn't too serious about it. Yeah, I was the kid that was like, go for the long run around the long way around the block, and like cut through the neighborhood. And <laughs> so I wasn't really taking it super serious. So. It was just, I guess, something to do in high school. So, yeah, why did you sign up for it, do you think? Uh, just looking for things to, things to do. I tried a few different things. I played baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, I did bowling. <laughs> oh, interesting. In high school. And you were so, really good, right? Like, eventually you bowled a 300? I did, yep. Yeah. Uh, but a buddy of mine talked me into, into uh, bowling, and, yeah, he showed me the ropes, and then, yeah, I ended up. Roll on a perfect game, which is pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. That was the only one ever. <laughs> what's the, what's your best sense center? I guess your best best as an adult. Uh, I don't even know. I haven't I haven't bowled for a while, like seriously. Yeah. Um, I did a few leagues, probably after after high school. Don't do it very often. No. So you didn't really enjoy running. It was something you kind of did. And what, like after high school, does it just kind of fall by the wayside as you get into whatever, like whatever is post high school for you? I was doing, uh, like the peak performance Monday night run. Mm -hmm. That was kind of like my one run a week. I don't really know when I started that. Maybe whatever the first year was, they did that. I remember being in on the first year. Um, but yeah, just casually, I still liked running, um, but it was nothing real serious. Just just go do the group run on Monday nights and see everybody, and that was about it. So what, let's go timeline-wise. When did you graduate high school? Uh, 2005. 2005, okay. And so you start doing the Monday night runs at some point in the, in the years that followed that? Yeah, it, was pro- it probably wasn't right away. Like We're talking 2010, mm-hmm. maybe something like that, 12, I I'm not sure when. Because you run your first half marathon in 2013, right? Yep, yep. That was my first one. I had a uh, a buddy of mine. Uh, he was a Marine, um, and he talked me into my first half marathon. He's like, dude, we got to sign up for this. We got to do this. I was like, I don't know. The most I've done was like three, five miles maybe. I was like, sounds hard. Let's do it. Sign <laughs> me up. Sounds hard. Let's do it. It seems like that is going to kind of be a through line of this conversation <laughs> in that you, because I, I had some quotes that were said by people in your life. Um, he's one of those people that when he sets his mind to something big, he's going to do it. Uh, another one, he likes challenges. It sounds hard. Let's do it. It seems like, <laughs> what is it about hard things that you like? I don't know. I just, I like the challenge, the process of figuring it out mm-hmm. and getting better at it and seeing uh, the, the progress as you keep going forward. So what did that look like for you back in 2013? Because if I remember right, you, like myself, and, and I know a handful of other guests on the pod, was it something to lose weight? Is that what it was? Is that why? Or was that just a byproduct of deciding to sign up for that half marathon? I don't think it was never about losing weight. I think at that point in my life, it was just because a, a good friend of mine was like, hey, let's do this. And I'm like, I don't know. Okay. let Yeah, let's let's do it. So... Signed up for it, trained all winter long. It was the the Lincoln Lincoln half in 2013. My, yep, was my very first one, and we ended up 
training for it. I don't know what happened to my buddy. He ended up maybe not putting in the work he should have, but I stuck with the training and trained all winter long and came to race day and I showed, I was like, well, I'm still going to do it, man. Been Sign up it, for it. Yeah. Put the work in. So let's go. And, uh, went and completed it. And I remember when I got done, like that runner high is a real, that was the first time, like I really got that feeling when I was like, man, that was so hard. And I, f- I feel broken right now, but I feel so good about it. Accomplished. Yep. And like ever since then, like I've been bit. Okay. So that it, it actually begins for you on race day and not so much like throughout the process you think of the training for it. Yeah, because I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, oh, I need to, I got to run 13 miles, right? So let's, I think I think the most I did was like eight. So were you following a plan? No. So you're just literally, doing it by yourself. Literally, like I just need to start running some miles. And yeah, there was, there was no plan. Interesting. So what happens then? You, you, you finish that day. Um, do you still remember your time, by the way, for the 2013 it, half? I bet, I think it was right around like, Maybe like 146, maybe 147. That's a, that's some, a pretty good debut. That's faster there. than mine. I think mine was like 155 okay. or something. Yeah, um, is, same year, actually, 2013. Oh, nice. I did mine down in, I always forget, it was either Missouri or Arkansas. It was either Super South Missouri or Super North Arkansas. Okay. And I did it in February. Um, and, and it seems like we had different responses to it. Your response was, this is awesome seems like you want to keep going. My response was, thank God I'm done training. And I kind of fell by the wayside. So what happens in the immediacy of that? Um, I guess what, what does that next, the next step look like if you're, if you have a fun time and you, and you leave with that runner's high. So I definitely started running more because of it. And then I think immediately I was like, well, when can I do this again? And so I kind of ran on and off through the summer and then signed up for the Omaha half and then knocked out another one. And that was kind of like the cycle for a while. Lincoln in the spring, Omaha in the fall. And I just kind of did that for a while. Um, just the half marathon. Yeah. Did um, you ever think that it was going to go beyond that? Yeah, that fall. So it would have been, I was like, I wonder what a full would be like. And uh, so, yeah, the next year is like, a quick progression to it. I was like, all right, Omaha marathon in 2014, I was going to run a full. And, uh, so trained all summer, still no plan, which is a terrible idea. (laughs) It really is just going off by the cuff is terrible. I think I did 16 miles as your like long run, my long run, the longest run I did Mm -hmm. not enough. Wasn't doing enough (laughs) mileage. Um, didn't know anything about fueling and, it was miserable. Yeah. I think uh, I think when I got done, it was four hours and 35 minutes. And when I got done, I looked at my wife and I said, I'll never do that again. Never again. Absolutely not. And now, and how many have you run now in all totality? Do you know? I have 12. You have 12 under your belt. And I, and I imagine a lot of us have had that. I'm never doing this again, whether it was the first or the second or the third. For me, it was the second and now I've run seven. Uh, so I'm, I'm on my way towards the 12. Were you still, like you mentioned the feeling after Lincoln. Did you then have that kind of feeling in training? Like, were you were you finding the joy in the everyday uh, minutia of running, or was it still mainly relegated only to like the race day for you? Do you think at that time? I think at the time I didn't really know how to train. I was just kind of like casually running, and I enjoyed that. And then race day, I think I like the the pushing myself, but I don't really know. Like back then. Um, what what kept me going because I wasn't definitely not putting it like for the full uh definitely didn't put in enough time for it yeah I think I kind of like that the half marathon because you could get away with a lot on a half I think with but a, a full is just too much like if you didn't properly prepare it's just going to be absolutely miserable for like 10 12 miles uh-huh <laughs> And one of the things that I, I, I feel like I've learned about you now, and we've known each other for a little over a year, especially given a conversation we had on a recent run together, was like you you want to like find those limits that you have and you want to make sure you can do everything you can to like reach those limits. And a lot of that goes to fueling. And, and I can't wait to talk to you about that a little bit later. Were, were you, so were you thinking that way at this time of, okay, this was a miserable process. 
how can I get better? I want I want to improve, or was it still a little kind of by the seat of your pants at, at that moment in time? No, that moment in time, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Like, I wasn't even taking, like, coarse water or gels wow. or, or anything. Like, I was just running running half marathons, like, just going going for it, not not touching any nutrition. So let me ask it to you this way, then. Do you think that you ultimately changed how you operated because you wanted to get better or because you wanted to not be as miserable? I think it took me um, riding... So I also ride mountain bikes. Yes. Um, and I re- I've been riding mountain bikes for a long time, uh, probably as long as I've been been running. Um, it wasn't until I got really serious in in mountain biking, and I that's a a good friend of mine, uh, Brandon. Um, we met racing uh, motorcycles. I like doing uh, uh, like enduros, so I don't like the motocross stuff. I don't like getting my tires off the ground. Uh-huh. I like to keep the tires on the ground. I like <laughs> gravity. I like to, yep. I like to race in the forest. So I met him doing, uh, like enduros and hair scrambles for the Iowa series. And then, uh, he ended up getting injured and, uh, couldn't ride his motorcycle anymore. And then the doctor's like, well, you we can rehab with the, uh, with a bike. And I was like, Oh dude, I ride mountain bikes. Let's ride mountain bikes. And then I think that's when it like progressed. Cause then we just started riding bikes together mm-hmm. and we started riding bikes every day, like get off work where we ride Go for bikes. a ride. So then like I started losing weight mm-hmm. while riding bikes. And then, um, my half marathon time, just like twice a year I'd run, run my half spring and fall, same ones, Lincoln, Omaha. And then all of a sudden I got, got it down to, 90 minutes for a half because somewhere along the line, you look at like after you do the full marathon you're like, well, Boston would be cool one uh-huh. day. Right. And yep, you're like, yep. and then after running a four and a half hour, you're like, that would never happen. But then you finally hit your first half marathon at 90 minutes. And then you start thinking, you're like, well, maybe it's possible. Maybe mm-hmm. I could do it, but it didn't really give a ton of thought to it. Still like full in cycling, like, that was just racing, racing, uh, mountain bikes is what I was really, really into. What, what, what was it about that, that you really fell into that? Like, it seems like you were falling in love with that sport more. And I guess I'd probably say you still are, maybe you wouldn't, but what was it about them at that moment in time in your life that, that you really liked throwing yourself into? I just had a good buddy of mine and it was just, you know I mean? Texting like, Hey man, where are we going to go ride? So the companionship of it. Yeah, really like the relationships you build and the people you meet through like these endurance sports is just amazing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think it was just, just that, uh, community, I guess, having somebody to do something with. And what is the cycling community? Like I, you know, I, I have so many runners on You're you're going to be episode 24. I have asked like uh, probably everyone before you about the running community. I know very little, if anything, about the cycling community. I feel like searching for races is, and maybe it's just because I know nothing. It seems like it'd be harder, you know, and and the courses would be more difficult than than running. What what is that community like? Cycling's really great. Like anybody you ask is going to be super nice, and they're going to want to help you out. Um, I got it. Like I like the off road stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, and it was literally like my buddy was like, "Hey, let's." There's this local race series. Let's, let's go do this. So we went and signed up for the local race series and did our first, first, uh, off-road mountain bike races. And then just kind of got bit like, it was a lot of fun, like mm-hmm. cycling so much different than, than running. I feel like when I'm out running a marathon or racing, like it's just you and your time trialing, like nothing else matters. You're not racing anybody else. It's just yourself and what you train to do. Um, cycling when you're racing, like it's so tactical and like, when's the right move? Like, am I going to go with this group? What group do I want to be in? So you feel like it's an actual race versus, versus a marathon for sure. Do you think that's because you feel like you have a chance to place better in that versus like, like you just ran Berlin. Like obviously you're not going to place at Berlin. Is it, is it for that reason? Yeah, I think so. I, I definitely can place a lot better like cycling than I can running for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends on like what events you're going to, too. But, um, but running, it's like, 
a marathon, when you show up, like, you know what you're running for that day. Like if somebody comes up next to you and they're running 10 or 15 <laughs> seconds faster, you know, 10 K in, it's not like you're going to be like, all right, I'm going to go with this guy. Yeah, I got to chase this guy. You know what I mean? Yep. We're cycling. You're like, all right, like, all right, the group's going. So, all right, I'm going to burn a match and I want, I want to be with this group. So it's like really tactical, especially like, like gravel racing or road racing. Um, and then I think mountain bike, mountain biking is not as much of like, I think tactics as there is in gravel and, and road cycling. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, the, the community is really, really great. Got into the off-road stuff and now I, uh, race gravel events. And then, uh, I even do some local road racing like on Tuesday night stuff. So I even mm-hmm. kind of all the different disciplines, but yeah. yeah, there's always somebody there like the first, first like road ride. Cause you can like bikes, you put in a lot more time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and like finding, if you ride the same stuff all the time, it's like really, you know I mean? It gets a little boring, especially if you're going out for like a four hour ride, you're like, all right. So you need like people to help show you like what roads are good to ride on. Uh huh. Cause you're not going to do the whole thing on the Papio. Like sometimes you're going to be on public, <laughs> public roadways, right? Yep. You, yep. You obviously don't want to ride your bike down Dodge Street. Yeah, so. sure. Sure. <laughs> so finding like the good, the good roads to ride. So that like goes back to community. Like, all right, there's a group ride mm-hmm. on Saturday morning. Um, and then you go and ride with the group and see what routes they're taking. And that's kind of how you figure out like, all right, well, I can ride these roads. They're not busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I read some of the quotes earlier about, uh, from your friends, from your family about you. Uh, what what did your friends and family think as you really started throwing yourself into cycling? Were they what? surprised? Um, no, because they, they know when I start doing something like I'm going all in, I'm not going to put one foot in. Like we're, we're going to go all in on it. And, uh, they always ask like, how many miles are you, did you ride today? I'm like, well, that's a tough question. Cause, <laughs> cause cycling is time for me. It's time-based. Mm-hmm. Like, um, if there was a, if, if my coach was like, Hey, I need you to do a 20 mile ride. Well, I could go do that on the road and be done in an hour. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? So yep. it, the workouts are time-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm on the mo- mountain bike trail, obviously the the speeds are a lot slower, uh, average speed. So you'd be out there. So that 20 miles would take a lot longer to do. Um, so yeah, when they're like, how far did you go? I'm like, well, I spent like three hours on my bike today. Uh-huh. But so yeah, cycling, time-based, running, usually mileage. So um you mentioned a few minutes ago, like uh, when you ran the, the 90 minute half marathon and, and that allowed yourself to kind of dream of, of, you know, a sub three in Boston. Um, again, because of my ignorance towards the, the, the running or the, the cycling scene, I, I like what dreams does a, someone like you have? Like as you start finding success, as you start enjoying more, as you start putting in the time, what w- a decade ago or whenever you're really getting into this. What do you start like hoping for? What what are you hoping that this can turn into with with cycling? Are there like big races that you would like to participate in? Is it, you know, a certain power that you'd like to start reaching a certain speed? Like what did that look like for you? So the cycling, I was just like absolutely enjoying, you know, riding my bikes with the with my friends and meeting people in the community and and honestly just exploring with my bike. The yeah. the longer the bike rides, and these different races you travel to, you get to go ride these really cool places that you'd never go to if there wasn't an event there. Um, uh, like in the off season, like cycling, like I, my first indoor season when I was serious about training, um, I thought Zwift and cycling inside was pretty cool. But that wore off really quick after one season. What year was this? Uh, I don't even know. Yeah. It's probably been like five years. I think I've been going really like seriously training for in cycling for five years now, mm-hmm. maybe six. I'm not sure. But it's it wore like, off pretty fast? Yeah, just the in, indoor training for me, like staring at a screen and like it's rough. So like in the wintertime, I'll travel with my buddies to warmer places to go ride dirt trail. Like maybe like January or fe- like February you'll go – 
down to Texas or Oklahoma and, and go do a long weekend and kind of get you fired up. Like, all right, got to ride some dirt. I can put up with the trainer inside a little bit longer. Um, and then you come home and you get that, you know, 40 degree February or March day where you can get outside and ride your bike and that kind of helps. So one of the things that, that makes you so unique amongst the Exarban Athletic Club around here is that you ride, I mean, you ride a lot and you, compared to a lot of us, you don't run as much. Um, what what does that balance look like for you right now? And I guess, what do you hope to get out of, let's say it's a season, it's not the winter when you have to do inside stuff. Let's say it's it's the spring and summer. What do you want that balance to look like, especially when you're in the midst of training like you were for Berlin, you know, throughout the summer? Berlin was kind of crazy. Um, I don't know if I'll ever train for two different events. So, because uh, you also did the Leadville 100. I did the Leadville 100, and that was my A cycling event for this year. Would you say that was your A event, period? So I had three, if you talk to my coach, <laughs> we had three events. It was Boston, Leadville, and Berlin for uh-huh. this year. Uh-huh. Um, and the caliber of what Leadville is compared to running a marathon um, so close together, like six weeks apart. It, it's tough to go all in for for a race that's like we were thinking like nine hours. Yeah, on, on the bike, and then turn around six weeks later and and run a P, another PR, which which is really crazy. I don't think I'd put two events like that that are so different from each other so close together on the calendar ever again. That was like this summer. I was like really close to burnout. Oh, really? Um, I'd get up in the morning and run because you got to keep a base mileage mm-hmm. up. Um, and where did you want that base mileage to be during the summer? So we were trying to to just do like I think we worked up like forty miles and maybe hit forty miles a few weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then after work, I'd ride my bike. And how long were you on the bike for? It depends during the week. Like if I could sneak a three hour ride in after work, which is rough. Like yeah. That's a that's a lot of time commitment after work. I tried to sneak a three hour ride in, and then when we got to the weekend, um, it would have been ideal to train for Leadville with two back to back big rides Saturday Sunday. Um, but I didn't have that. I still need to do my long run, so I do that on Sunday. So I do the big ride Saturday, and then turn around and do the big run on Sunday. And it was just, it was getting getting to the point where I was like, oof. This is close, but I was right at the taper. So it was like when I was getting those feelings, I was like, all right, like I made it to the taper. There was a carrot at the end of the stick. Yeah, we'll be all right. Cause th- then the volume would come down. I think I want to say I hit 21 hours. That's everything. Uh, run, bike and lift. Um, like I think twice over the summer. Wow. Three, I mean, three hours a day on average. Yeah. Whew. So it was a lot and and a lot more is towards um cycling like that like all my eggs were in that basket um cuz to be honest with you I like Leadville made me nervous. I honestly didn't know. So I'm a little bit I guess I'd be call myself like a fat cyclist <laughs> which <laughs> like um I'm I'm on the heavier side like when it comes to cycling like Uh, so I'm, I was nervous. Leadville's got, you know, over 10,000 feet of climbing. Um, it's all above 10,000 feet. The whole race is Uh so, and there's a cutoff, like you have to finish in 12 hours. If you don't finish in 12 hours, they pull you off the course. And do you have to reach checkpoints as well by specific times? You do. My, my wife, when the race is over, she's like, this is so weird. We were at twin lakes and there's people riding their bike on the highway. I was like. Yeah, they didn't make the cutoff. Oh, so it's not like you can't continue riding the trail back yeah. to your back to the parking. Like you have to ride the highway and figure out how to get back to your car. <laughs> Awful. Which is which is a bummer. Yeah. So, so yeah, there is and a, scary. <laughs> yeah, because you don't know where you're going. Yeah. So yeah, I I didn't really have any doubts of like being able to make the twelve hours, but um, I really I like I set a goal for myself to to be able to do nine sub nine hours and earn that that big Leadville belt buckle and from like the training rides like 
you'd hit a certain amount of elevation in a certain amount of time. And then like, I'm doing the math and I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, like I did half of the, half of the climbing and the, the time limits, not like, not there. And I, I was like, I was like, honestly, I don't, I don't know if I, I was thinking it was going to be like nine and a half hours or something like that. Uh-huh. So I was totally stoked to be able to go out there and have a really awesome day, go sub nine and, and hit that goal. But that's awesome. It took a lot of, it was a lot of cycling to, yeah. to get there for sure. So you mentioned, you know, felt like you were close to burnout. Um, you ended up doing both. You went to Berlin, you ran Berlin, you said, a, you said a, a PR there as well. Uh, w- the lesson that you learned from this experience, what, like, you know, what, what it is, is it moving forward? Is it, you know, don't do, don't do an A race or don't even do a marathon that close. Don't do the, the cycling race. Like what's the lesson do you think that you would apply to future years? If, if something kind of like this were to present itself again, I think I'd have to, to pick one to really go, go hard at to, to have a time goal for, uh, a nine hour event and a time goal for a three hour event, six weeks apart that are, you know, a cycling event and a running event. It's just too close. So I think, I think I'd pick one, like, like if I was going to do it again and be like, all right, here's my goals for, for cycling. And this is, this is going to be the a race, the one I want to hit. Mm-hmm. And that's really important to me. And then just go run and do what I can, but to like hit two time goals, very difficult time goals, just PRing in a marathon in general, yeah, is tough to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, yes, because you keep chopping off big numbers. Have, do you ever? And and I know that uh, one guest, uh, former guest in particular, is going to be very happy that I asked you this question. Do, do you ever think about throwing yourself all the way in on running for a cycle? And 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 you know exactly who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Derek. Uh, and 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 upping the mileage and seeing like. If I was able to give this my all for however many weeks, 18 weeks, to see what would happen, or do you, is that just not something you're interested in? I've thought about it. Yeah. Um, and I keep toying with the idea, but I just love riding my bike so much. Like, I don't know that I could totally put it aside for 18 weeks to see what I could do running. Cause I'm, I'm still enjoying, like, um, Berlin was just a pinch over a minute PR for me had a blast doing it and I got to ride my bike in a, some really cool places this year. Um, I just love all the places I get to go and see. I don't, I don't think I could give up the, the cycling to go all in on running. Yeah. I just, at this point in my life and for the near future, I don't, I don't think I can. Plus you're good at it too. So yeah. it's like fun, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a blast. I love Absolutely love riding my bike. Yeah. This is going to be an all-time year for you, man. Like, just <laughs> it's, it's so fun to talk to you in the moment, you know, because I, I know as the years pass, you will look back and be like, God, 2023, you know, <laughs> to, to do all those things. Let's go back to, you mentioned the sub 90-minute uh, half marathon. It's in 2018. Um, thus then, at a certain point throughout that process, you begin to go after a sub three. Uh, what, what does that look like? At what Because you mentioned your first marathon, and that was, you know, many more hours than that. What what does that process look like? And I do wonder at what point in this whole journey does either a coach enter or does following a plan enter into your life in terms of attacking that on the on the running trail? So I think it was 2020 for me that really, um, in COVID, that bike racing kind of, like local bike racing, it was like, eh, all the stuff was getting canceled. Yeah. And I was like, well... Running still might happen. You know, I, I did Lincoln went virtual. Mm-hmm. So yep. uh I ran ran the Lincoln virtual, did my own thing. My wife rode the bike next to me. Um what trail did you do it on? I just did it right like I'm pretty simple when it comes to running. Uh toll right at Toll Park, I either go north or south yep. on the trail and I ended up going south for that one. Um so I ran I ended up that was probably the best shape I'd been in, um, without a plan, just kind of showed up to that virtual and then knocked out like a 124. And that was the moment right there. I was like, all right, bike racing's not, not going to happen. Um, and I just did a 124. I was like, I'm going in for the goal is sub three. We're going to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so then I started training, um, that summer. I still wasn't coached yet. Um, I did eventually, I, I had a cycling coach, um, Ken Tice with kilowatt coaching. Mm-hmm. He's great. Um, he, he's been, been making big strides and helped me reach my goal at Leadville this year. Um, but at that time he was just, just doing the, the cycling. I hadn't gave him the reins on, uh, running yet. Yeah. Um, so I trained, uh, you know, all summer. Um, I didn't really have, like, I was just trying to run more miles, mm-hmm. um, get my long run up there. I started going to uh, Tuesday night track workouts. I was like, all right, this could, this could definitely help me out. That's yep. where I met Derek. Yep. Um, and then we kind of had similar goals. We both wanted to go sub three, so set it up for the Omaha marathon in 2020. That still happened. So I was going to say, let's, let's pause real fast because it is 2020. And so there's not like a ton of races, you know, I'll be honest. So I ended up doing a virtual twin cities that year. I had no idea that there was local stuff in Omaha. Um, and so you were able to actually run a race in Omaha as you're going after this goal, but something is wrong with the course for this race. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> what was wrong with the course? <laughs> It was a little long. Oh, a lot of, God. I ran my first ultra that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything past 26-2 is an ultra. That's right. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, Derek and John were all set up to help pace me in for the last 10K, and uh, everything was going great, right on pace, all the way under pace, like 256 pace. Oh, wow. Um, all the way out, and then coming back, uh when I came back, the mile markers all of a sudden weren't lining up anymore. Somebody and uh, like a little too much. Yeah, like yeah, yeah it wasn't. We all deal with that. We're like, oh man, I'm a tenth of you know a tenth of a mile ahead of it or whatever. But it was it was starting to get bigger. Yeah, than that. and I was like, well, you know what? Some my initial thought was like, ah, eh, they just messed up the flags or whatever. Yep. I never in a million years thought that they put the turnaround cone in the wrong spot. Oh my gosh. Um. So I just kept going, and Derek and John were there, and then. We're running in, and they're like, man, you look great. I'm like, I feel pretty good. <laughs> like, time's good. And then it wasn't until, like, I didn't realize until I had, like, 5K left to go. And I'm like, I know where I'm at, and the time's not jiving with my watch. I'm uh-huh. looking at it, I'm like, I'm not going to make it. I'm like, what happened? So then I'm just, like, dropping the hammer, giving it everything I go, come down you run into the the ball stadium down there and uh yeah officially i was 30 seconds over three three hours and 30 seconds when my you know garmin cuts it off right at 26.2 and like a high 256 what so what did it what did the watch say at the end 26 or was it 27 Uh, i was real close to 27 wow so it was that half mile of extra extra three minutes gave me uh you know 30 seconds over officially so I was pissed. Yeah. So what's what's your reaction? Because um, first of all, is this September of 2020 when this happens? Yeah. Okay. So I, I imagine we would all have handled it differently. Some would say, you know, someone would really allow it to to affect them mentally, and they'd kind of get into a funk. Others would go the other way and say, I'm I'm gonna do whatever I can to do this as soon as possible. I'm knowing that you raced again that year. That is that what happened for you? What does that process look like? As you're like, I have this great fitness. I still can't really do the cycling races that I would like to. I, I need to take advantage of this. What what happened after that? What was your mindset like after that? Uh, immediately, I was like, "Oh man, well, the fitness is there. We just we just need to go get this done officially." Mm-hmm. Um. So Derek was like, "Well, I'm running the Nebraska Marathon here." It was a couple weeks later. I'm like, "All right." So I signed up for it, and so that's October. Uh, or yeah, it, w- yeah, it would have been right. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, I think it was probably within a few weeks though. Yeah. Two, two or three weeks. Like it wasn't more than three weeks out. <laughs> oh, man. Real close. Yeah. And, uh, it was hot that day. Uh-huh. Like, like I, that's been a theme. Like once I started chasing sub three, I run a lot more hot marathons <laughs> than I have good ones. We talked about that when we went for a run together, uh, before Des Moines for me, 
And I was saying, yeah, this year in Lincoln, that was my first hot marathon. And you're like, I think I've had one cool marathon. I'm like, yeah, all of my marathons, I have perfect weather. And it delivered again in Des Moines. It was a little windy, but otherwise it was, you know, low 40s. It was exactly what I would have wanted. Yeah, you just need to follow me, I think, at some of these races. No kidding. Yeah, I'm doing something. Yeah, whenever me and Derek go somewhere, for whatever reason. The heat it, follows. Yeah. So that's rough. So, yeah, we lined up. It was a definitely a warm, warm day. And we went out running and it was good. We were still trucking along, but I think right around like 20, mm. like it was just too much, too yeah. close. Yep. Right. Yep. And I too think close, the weather's bad. I think I ended up running three Oh three and, and Derek slid right under. He ended up, uh, um, getting his BQ yeah. officially by, it was a few seconds. Uh, uh-huh. um, my wife had a t-shirt for me that, you know, said, Boston qualified and uh, pulled it out of the bag, walked over and here, Derek, you earned this today. (laughs) So wasn't, wasn't my day, but it was his day. So it was pretty cool. I was pumped for him. And that's awesome. So he got his and then I'm still sitting there like, oh man. So what are you like mentally at this standpoint? I was like, time to find another one. Okay. Not giving up. Wow. So I'm like, well. What other states are like Nebraska that's probably going to, you know, because a lot of stuff was getting canceled. Uh huh. So I'm like, Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> like to the south. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was the December marathon. I think it was maybe like seven weeks after. So it was enough time, right? Okay. To recover, uh-huh. build some fitness. Um, so, yeah, I went down to uh, Biloxi with, the, with my wife and my brother-in-law. And uh, went down there and and ran that marathon, and it was my first uh, point to point. So they they bust you out to the start and you run back to the finish line. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And it's along the coast. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. Um, and there's so there's like a nine mile an hour like steady wind, and I'm looking at the weather app. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be a push the whole way. So then we drive out to the start. I get off the bus and I'm like, "Hey, which which way are we running?" <laughs> and uh, they're like, "That way." I'm like, "Oh man, it's gonna be in I, your face the whole time." Yeah, I definitely uh, miscalculated that one. <laughs> so, but anyway, still ended up having a good race and officially got my my BQ that day. Um, Two fifty five and some change. Wow. So you kind of, I mean, you. You you ran a great race, yeah, and didn't really have a whole lot of doubt, I guess, with the time and everything. Yeah, no, it it, it went great. Um, I don't really. It was overcast that day. Uh, there was some wind, but I don't really remember it being like too hot or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but no, it ended up being being a really really good day and snagged it there and in Biloxi and was really pumped and. Especially to have my, you know, my family, my wife and brother-in-law down there with me yeah. to celebrate. And we definitely had some fun before we, we flew home. But yeah, that, that felt good to finally on the, the third attempt to officially get it done. Yeah. What'd that mean to you? Uh, it meant a lot. Like thinking back to like four and a half hours. And at that time, it's just like, man, that would be like, that'd be cool. But like, it wasn't really a. Like at that moment in your life, it's it's not something that was really attainable. And then going to like, oh man, th- this is a real possibility if I just extrapolate out the training, uh-huh. and then like executing the plan and like getting it. I was like, that's awesome. It's been a lot of years, a lot of hard work, a lot of hard work, and like cycling played a huge role. Like cycling, if it wasn't for cycling, I wouldn't got the weight down right mm-hmm. enough to be able to. To do that so really really super grateful let me ask you about this um because on an episode an episode that i did in late october a few weeks ago i had alex burks on talk about his journey towards an otq and eventually what put him over the top was fueling and where he had he had had an otq time then he had a stretch where he didn't he was trying to figure out what am i doing wrong what am i doing wrong ultimately it's fu- it's race day it's race day fueling uh, mentioned that you and I went for a run recently, and I would say within 
what an hour together or so there was probably a good 15 minutes where we were talking about fueling and and it and i, I left that and then i went and run ran des moines and i had you know I, I felt very gassy at times and now my next big goal is going to be to attack fueling a whole lot better when does that enter the picture for you and and i guess was there a moment where you said i have to be better at this because either something went wrong or just maybe because you had heard about it going right for people cuz you i mean it was obvious how passionate you were about it and how you have really tried to dial this down to it to a science as much as you can yeah if you, so i guess i learned how to fuel on the bike mm-hmm. um i think everybody figures it out the hard way 20 miles away from home on the bike and you're just bonking hard and you're like <laughs> Oh God, it's a headwind on the way home. Like, all right, there's a gas station right here. Go into the gas station, get a Coke, slam a Coke, eat some gummy bears, have a Rice Krispie treat. Give yourself like five minutes and you're like, all right, feel like a new man. All right. And then you can get home. And then like, that's just learning the hard way. Yeah. You do that enough times on the bike and you're like, all right, well, I need to start figuring out like what I need to do so I don't feel like that. Cause it's, yeah, you go from putting out great power to you can't even turn the pedals over you, cause you're just out mm-hmm. of energy. And then it's crazy. A Coca-Cola will bring it back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It, it's insane. So then, um, you start going down this rabbit hole of, of fueling strategies and, and like products. So you just, I just started trying a bunch of stuff. Um, I think I was using tailwind on the bike. It's fairly, fairly cheap. Um, and, uh, so that was working well for me. Um, but then I tried running on tailwind and that wasn't going to work for me. Like the high, high intensity stuff, uh, it upset my stomach. Uh huh. So then cause it, you're just because of the bouncing, bouncing up and down, around. right? Yeah. The crazy thing on the bike is you can eat some wild stuff. Half the fun of cycling is mid ride. Just stop at the gas station, get a rice crispy treat, whatever you want, a red bowl, because your stomach isn't moving, right? Yeah. That's the reason why? Yeah, you're just sitting. Yeah, some people, and maybe it's just me, but I, I, I can eat like crazy stuff on the bike and like running. I have to be really specific with. So I started like going down this rabbit hole, like trying to find a better fuel. And I came across Morton mm-hmm. and it's really expensive. Very expensive. So um, I was running on it because it worked. Like I could, I could take that in and then run and it didn't upset my stomach. And I was like, Oh, this is great. But I was like, I would go broke if I did this on the bike. <laughs> like I can't do this. So then I started like dabbling with like, okay, I'll race on it. Cause it was like going from tailwind to that when you got some with a, a slow release carb and a fast release carb, um, and just getting more carbs, um, per hour. Um, I was like, man, this, this stuff's like rocket fuel. So I started racing on it on the bike and then I started messing with it on the bike. I'm like, I should find the point where, cause you hear everybody talking about more carbs per hour. Let's see, see what you can do. So I started messing with it and mixing it my own way. Cause if, if you ever use more and you know, on the back, it's very specific on how much water you're supposed to put into it. Yep. So then I started mixing it stronger and stronger and finding that, that point to where on the bike, all right. Now I'm in some, some stomach discomfort and I found that spot for me. You found a sweet spot. Yep. So then I worked hard, um, to be able to do that amount running. Cause I was just doing the normal, like Boston this spring. Um, I just did normal servings, mixing it just like the, the 500 milliwatters too much for me for, for a cooler marathon, right? Yeah. You just, you just have to pee if you're drinking that much water. Uh huh. So I found these 400 mil bottles and I just mix a 320 in there and that works great. And I'll carry two bottles and then just discard them. And then that'll get me through, got a couple gels to get me through the end. But, um, so I, I did that for Boston and it worked great. And then, uh, Berlin, I was like, all right, I'm going to try to get my racing or my bike racing fueling strategy to see if I could do it running. And I was able to, to get it in for, you just got to train your stomach. So uh-huh. like on the bike, like 120 carbs per hour is a lot to try to, to get in. But, um, you just practice and you keep adding, you know, just a little bit more and a little bit more. Uh-huh. And, and then you find that spot and, and then you dial it back just a little bit. 
Why do you think why do you think cyclists are so much better at this stuff? I I think we're on our bikes a lot longer, so you need to fuel properly. If you're going out for an hour run, 90 minute run, you can get away with a lot. You can do sure. the whole thing if you wanted without anything. Yep. You're going to feel like crap at the end and maybe not recover the best afterwards if you don't get anything back in, but um you go out for a four-hour bike ride and you mess up fueling and you're not fueling proper properly, eventually you're going to be like, uh-oh, I need, you know what I mean? You're going to be toast. Yeah. And then, like, you're 20, 30 miles away from home. That's not a good feeling. No, it is not. I don't want to call my wife, be like, hey, I'm, like, 30 <laughs> miles away. Can you can you come get me? So, so, yeah, I think you figure it out really quick on, like, making sure you're eating and fueling properly. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I really, really dialed in my race day fueling strategy. And, and what works for me now might not work for everybody, but I, I think you should experience, like, if you're not trying different things, um, you're not going to get, you're not going to find something that's possibly better if you're not, you're like, oh, tried this, eh, that didn't work, we're not going to do that. Um, so... I can tell you, you can't mix two 160 Mortons in one bottle. It makes it like a gel, uh-huh. and it's not drinkable. Yeah. So don't waste. Don't so waste, don't try that one. Don't try that one. <laughs> um, so yeah, don't don't go that route. But <laughs> experiment elsewhere. Yeah, experiment with other things, different fueling, like trying to get you know different products and stuff, and see yeah. see what works for you. Because yeah, it, like it's important when you like. I'm not bonking at marathons anymore. Like I keep thinking like this year, I'm like, you get through mile 20 and you're like, man, I'm still like, everything hurts, but I can, the legs are, the pace is not falling off. Mm -hmm. This is the first year that I've negative split. Like I negative split both my marathons this year, first time ever and finishing stronger. And you set PRs in both, right? Yeah. And I I feel like it's because I've dialed in my nutrition. hundred percent. So yeah, the, the legs still do work. No, everything hurts. So don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. Like, like it, it is very painful for the lat. You know, I mean, you're putting everything into it and and working hard, but like you're not you're not falling off pace because of fueling. Yeah. Speaking of working hard, uh, you work for OPPD. Your job, based off of my my limited knowledge, it seems that it is a physical job, um, and. Yet you have a great disposition. You seem like genuinely excited to either go out for a long run or go out for a long bike ride. How, how do you how do you balance that? How do you balance this life of a? I mean, when you're telling the story of the summer, you know, of course, the unspoken part of it was, and you have this long work day in between. You're getting up early. You're working. You're riding if you can three hours at night. D- does that does it ever get close to like getting to you at times? Do you think? Um. Yeah, there's definitely more days than I count when I get off work and I come home. Like, the last thing I want to do is go work out. But you set these goals, yep. and it's part of the process. Like, what am I going to do, sit on the couch? No, we're going to go We're gonna go ride, ride the bike. You feel so guilty, right? You'd be yeah. sitting there like, I should be out there, I should be out there. Yeah, and you, you get done with it, and then you feel great. You're like, well, you know what, I'm glad I – that's love about running and, and cycling. When you get done – like I've never once thought like, man, I wish I didn't do that. Like I feel great every time. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's that reward and then it, it helps hitting these goals. So, yeah, but yeah, no, we're working some long hours, especially outside when it's hot. Um, yeah, you don't want to go spend the rest of your evening outside, but along those lines of what you just kind of said about like one of those days or how you feel or how you would feel if you stayed at home, does it ever surprise you that like this is kind of what your life has turned into and that you're throwing yourself not even just into like one of these things, but like two of these things at an insanely high level at the same time. Uh, well, if you ask my, my friends and family, they know I go all in for me. Like, I think it like sneaks up. Like, I don't think about it like going like all, like it sneaks up. Like I have this goal. I want to do this, but it's not like, like what it transformed into. Like I didn't know what the training for like Leadville was going to look like. Uh-huh. I was just like, yeah, I want to do this. Um, So I think it's just like little pieces, you know, you put a little bit of work in here and then you got to put a little more work in. And then eventually like, then you start to realize, yeah, I'm spending way too much time 
riding my bike and and running, but it's all worth it. What does your wife think of this all? She's a support, she supports me. Uh, and, uh, yeah, she's pretty excited. She's always like all those marathons I hear at the end. She's just like, you did it. You did it. It's, it's great. And like going to Berlin, I got to do a little Europe European like tour with my wife. It, it was great. She's, she's absolutely amazing. Puts up with, with everything and, and supports me a hundred percent. Like so much. So like I was training for Leadville, Nebraska sits at what a thousand feet sea level. Uh-huh. Um, so my coach got me an altitude tent. So I spent eight weeks leading up to Leadville camping in my own bedroom. Oh my gosh. In an altitude tent. And I was like, I told her, I'm like, well, like I can move this thing downstairs and I can sleep downstairs. She's like, no, she's like, I'll do this with you. So like literally camping in our own bedroom for, <laughs> for eight weeks to help acclimate, um, and do the best I can. So, um, that's just one, one of the little things. Like, wow. I don't know. That's a pretty big thing to put up with, but she, she's absolutely great. So that's awesome. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite part about running? And you know what? I, I, I'll add in. And also what's your favorite part about cycling? Everything I can eat. <laughs> it is so the, nice, isn't it? The calories that, uh, <laughs> I absolutely love, like in a, I, I was pretty large, like, I don't know, seven years ago. Maybe like two thirty, thirty-five, in that range, and uh, I still love eating like as much as I did back then. Now I can, you know, the furnace is hot enough; anything will burn, right? <laughs> Maybe it's not the best way to <laughs> to to fuel, but uh, um, yeah, I just have a soft spot for ice cream and cookies. Ice cream is my go-to at the uh, probably a couple times a week at the uh, end of the night. So I finish every podcast by asking my guests about what they're chasing. It could be a literal time goal. It could be qualifying for something, or it could just be a feeling. Seth Merrick, what are you chasing? I think I'm chasing the next adventure. Uh, I just love traveling to new places and going there with my friends and family. And I think it really is the adventure for me. That's what I'm chasing. More so than a, a PR or anything else. These these places I've gotten to go and and uh, experience with my friends and family has been amazing. So that's what I'm chasing. Very cool. Seth Merrick, thanks for joining me today on Chasing Three Hours. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Seth Merrick for joining me on today's episode. Thanks to Ian Alio for production assistance as well as music and sound design. Thanks to Riss for the cover art. Head to Chasing3Hours.com for more from me as I write about my experiences out on the running trail, races, and a whole lot more. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and maybe share with a friend as well. New episodes will drop on Friday mornings. Enjoy your long run this weekend.